0: So first of all, I use the word "selfing" a lot. Yes, selfing, which for me is what what would, what's going on in the head with the thought system, yeah? and selfing implies just that. If listened to, if there's a there's a hearing of it and a listening to it, if the listening to it is different. There's a, there's a focused attention when it's listening. Hearing is just hearing. Yes, but listening to selfing produces an effect and that is the sense of being a self. Yeah? The feeling of being a long lasting independent separate entity. And now that feeling wasn't there when you were first born for a while. Yeah? So it's come later. So it's actually had to be produced. In other words, when you were babies, there was no sense of being a self. You know, first first year, a year and a half of being a baby. But then the mental process that produces the sense of self started to kick in. And that production is the feeling of being a self. Yeah? The feeling of being a self. So when some people... So selfing is a word I like to use a lot. And I use the word mind, not meaning conditional mind, but the mind as as referred to in old Zen from China, Chan. Mind meaning... I don't know what it means, but it's just mind. yeah. Some people would call it consciousness or awareness. But I like the word mind. So I use that word a lot. And then the selfing. And when I say selfing, when people are talking about, oh, the selfing's driving me crazy, what's driving you crazy is the feeling of being the one who's driven crazy, not the selfing. The selfing is just a mental process. It's just like a process, like when you go to the bathroom, when you piss, you just don't piss once your whole life, do you? It's pissing a lot, yeah? you shit, You just don't shit once, in all right. My first and only shit was in 1998, you know. A rather large one, but it's over. That's it. I'm done shitting. Yes? It's like uh, I'm done breathing. I breathed once and that was it, you know. All of these functions of the body, voluntary and involuntary, many of them aren't uh, involuntary. Many of them aren't voluntary. There's just one that's half voluntary, involuntary, which is breath. Most of the others are involuntary. They go on and on and on. They're like a verb, yes? You don't do it once and that's it. Yeah, so the idea of selfing is just like that. Selfing continues because selfing is the act of the conditional mind trying to become what it can never be. Yeah, It can never be a long-lasting independent separate entity. So the way it appears to be is constantly becoming. That's why it's yapping all the time. Yes, If the yapping would stop, if it would seriously stop, there there would be an absence or a pause in the production of the feeling of being a self. And like they would say in Zen, you would see your original face in that moment. You would see yourself as being what you are, which is no thingness. But because the self continues and continues and continues, because it can never complete fulfillment, because it never can become what it's trying to become, because it isn't so, there is not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And no matter how much becoming occurs, it's never going to become that. Yeah, So it's always a becoming, a verb, and that's called selfing, the way I see it. Yeah? And everything for me is a verb. But what happens with the selfing, if listened to, it sounds like you were there before the selfing. Yeah, That's the historical feeling that's produced. So it's a product of a process, but the product thinks it's before the process. Yeah? So you believe you're there before the selfing, during the selfing, and after the selfing. There's a fake sense of being you. Yeah? So there's a historical feeling, but that's produced. It's not so. It's not authentic. It's produced. It's produced by listening, not hearing to the selfing, because hearing is what you do. You're conscious. So hearing is going to occur. You're going to hear, in a sense, hear and see the thoughts. Yes? But it's listening that's the addiction to self. So when the mind listens to to the self thing, that's its addiction to self. And that's I would say, is the primary addiction. Mind is addicted to self. What occurs is when mind is addicted to self, it sets off an irritability, restlessness, and discontent. Because it's trying to rely on something that's unreliable. There isn't a self, (laughs) yeah. So it's sort of like we were talking about last night. You go to those motels. I don't know if you ever went to them. I did. Where you get like a a quarter and you put it in. It's like a massager bed, and it's basically this agitation, but it's saying it's supposed to be relaxing. But that's sort of like mind is like when it's resting on the idea of being a self. There is no self, so it's anxious, very anxious about that, and that anxiety is producing irritability, restlessness, and discontent, and therefore the engine of seeking is turned on. And the seeking will never cease, because what it's looking for is fulfillment to become what it can never be. So it's never going to end seeking. You can see it in a lot of spiritual practices. Some people believe they've they've achieved enlightenment, and then they're on to the next enlightenment. I've met people that have been enlightened three times this life. When is it? When is, what, how much enlightenment do you need? Yeah? I mean, I would think one would do it. But now they're on, they're moving on and on and on. Because the engine of becoming can never fulfill itself. It can never be. Yet at the same moment, there is being. Yeah, there is being. The being is always available at the same moment, which is every moment, that selfing is occurring or not occurring. The being is the primary context. So when the mind starts resting on the being... Instead of self-centered, it's now centered. yeah, And it's now re- resting on something that's reliable so it can truly rest. Even if it's very, quote-unquote, busy and active, there's a rest there. A rest that the sense of self can never find. I don't care if you get five massages a day. You're never going to drop into this state of relaxation that happens when the mind is centered. I would say on mind, not on self. Remember, the self is an idea of a very small application of mind, a mental process, produces the idea of selfing. Very small. And so the product of that system can't transcend the system. It doesn't exist anywhere but in the system. It only exists in the phantom world of there, then, here, and now, past, future. Yes? Or the mental here. The mental here is not here. The mental here is just like a combination of there and then. Yeah? So when you're thinking you're mentally here, when you're in the mental here, you're in a past event and with a future, future speculation. There's no here whatsoever. It's all made up. Yeah? So when there's a center on, this, on, on the center, yes, that rest is available, the mind becomes somewhat at peace, and the first thing that starts occurring is the seeking. The engine of seeking starts being dismissed, yes? It starts losing its juice because what's keeping it driven is the attention and, and interest of the mind. Yeah, And the attention and interest of the mind is usually focused by what it thinks it is. So if it thinks it's a body, you're going to be very interested in the story of you as an action figure. Yeah? And yet if someone comes over to you and talks about their story of themselves being an action figure, you seem to have an immunity to that. Yeah, I could be sitting right next to someone who's totally flipping out but I don't, it's not like contagious, I don't start flipping out. Yeah? Because there's a certain built-in immunity because I hold them as their thoughts. Yeah? The same thoughts that are seemingly driving her crazy, if I hold them as mine, they will drive me crazy probably. Yeah? If I can see them as hers, they don't drive me crazy. So what's really driving you crazy? It isn't the thoughts, is it? It's the identification as being the thinker of them, or the identification as being the object of them. Yeah, this is called the bondage of self. Yeah? You're not bonded to the. What's the bondage? Is isn't of self. It's to self in a way, because there is no self, but you're bonded to the idea of being a self. Yeah? and that bondage constantly has to be a new glue has to be applied to keep the bondage because it's not a natural bondage. Yes, first there'd have to be a something to be bonded to something else. I'm saying we're nothing, so there's nothing that can be bonded to nothing. Yes? But the idea of being a something, this body, is what the mind is now bonded to by the selfing. Yeah? So your interest the attention circles around you as the central character of the story of life. So we don't see it as life is happening, we see it as it's happening to me. It's an insane self-centered loop. Yeah. It actually drives the mind crazy. And you see the craziness by the incessant seeking. It's constantly looking for relief. Yeah. But it's trying to find relief for instead of from. Yeah. If you identify as this idea of being a self, you'll, be tried, you'll try to become free as a self instead of being freed from self. It's totally different. I don't believe you'll ever be free as a self. It's an impossibility. Because the idea of being a self is bondage already. It's not a real bondage. It only appears to be bonded to you. Yeah? As soon as you see there isn't a you, as soon as you entertain there may not be a you, then the solution in that state is that the problem is imaginary. And like we said last night at this talk that there are a lot of books about how to get into the moment you know and how to get really into the moment and how to get further into the moment and how to get furthest into the moment and how to really be an authentic self in this moment. <laughs> And there's tons of books, and probably you never read one completely through and through. (laughs) You move to the next one pretty fast. But I'm saying you can't be out of the moment. You're not in the moment. You are the moment. Without you, there ain't no moment. (laughs) You can't be out of the moment. So why the hell are we trying to get in? We must be assuming something that's incredibly insane to assume, that we could be out of it. So actually, you're trying to get into the moment is really the activity of acting like you're out of the moment. (laughs) And then you're trying to get out of what you can't be in. People are trying to get out of self, but they can't be in self. So what you actually call being in self is actually trying to be out of self. <laughs> that's what it is, because you're totally occupied in self, because you're trying to get out of it. <laughs> and if you try to take a two-year course of how to get out of self, that's obsession with self again. So self can never get out of self. You never get to a point where you're going to find the fence of self and be able to step over the fence as a self. <laughs> you are the fence post. <laughs> Wherever you are identified as self, that's self. <laughs> so self, can't get out of 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 self. That's the beautiful solution because you're not in self. So every attempt to get out of it has to fail because you're inherently not in it. Yeah. If you go this way and see how could I possibly believe I'm out of the moment, all your efforts will just be dismissed about being in the moment and what your experience will be is you're completely in the moment totally, completely in the moment it's like when you were a kid and you were playing I was in the moment because my mind hadn't set up the possibility I may not be in the moment Yeah, I could be somewhere else, doing something else right now I didn't have that little possibility in my head so I was inherently in the moment and in that moment I wasn't looking for meditation techniques or signing up for a retreat I really wasn't I didn't have any spiritual angst, anything, (laughs) because everything was completely so as it was because I hadn't thought otherwise yet. (laughs) This is about questioning this preposterous thought system that tells us we can be out of something we can never be out of, and we're in something that we can never be in. And the thing is, if it's an imaginary problem, it takes no time to get out of it. If you see that it's imaginary, what more do you need to do? It's just like if you look at what's driving you crazy, it usually has nothing to do with what's happening now. It's usually about what's not happening. What would happen if you saw it that is not happening? What more do you need to do? Go to a therapist that deals with anxiety based on what's not happening? I'd rather just see it's not happening. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go over again what's not happening in my life, because it's really driving me crazy. Well, we already went over this, your first and last session. It's not happening. Here's your money back and fucking get a latte or something. We've all right. Yeah? But the mind... <laughs> so once you start entertaining something that has a flavor of let's say another modality of mind and one of the main flavors is timelessness the solutions will have that flavor, there will be a timeless solution, in other words it won't take any time yeah? it won't be put off, it won't be delayed, it won't have to be planned for, you definitely don't have to purify yourself to receive it, it's about, it's like an instantaneous intervention in the linear story of you yeah? instantaneous breaking into the whole story You're usually caught with your pants down and the good news is not to pick your pants up. Yeah? Don't start thinking you got it or you need to get anything. Just be embarrassed for a while and you'll learn how to walk around with your pants down. You'll get comfortable with it. Because the thing is, before I do the talk, it's already so, yeah? For me to appear, it takes time. For the sense of being a Paul to arise, it takes time. The solution is not found in time, it's a timeless solution. It interrupts time. We call them pauses or epiphanies or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, A pause may be a smaller one, an epiphany is more time, so you give it a different name. But they're all the same flavor, which is the suspension of time as a belief is interrupted, and then the timelessness of what so is available. But if you notice, when we go over epiphanies, when it, have you ever called up ahead for an epiphany? Did you make a reservation? I got, a, I got my monthly epiphany coming. I think I'm going to have it at uh, the shore this year. Yes. Get the, you know, Kenny G music and the candles. I want it to be a stormy night. Yes. Let's make it really dramatic. All right. I think it's going to be a four-hour one. So, all right, all right. No. What happens is it just happens. Yes as a big, it interrupts whatever you thought was going on. And yet, when it seems to end, it usually coincides with a, a set of thoughts that goes, I just had this incredible epiphany. Yeah? As, this is what selfing does. The main movement of the system called selfing is claiming. That's what it does. It doesn't have a life, so it claims life. Yeah? It doesn't have a body, then it calls it my body. It doesn't have time, my time. It doesn't have thoughts, it's I'm the thinker of the thoughts. Yes? This is just insane. I mean, look at it. You can't even shit when you want to, really. Can you? Sometimes. The most inappropriate times I have to take a shit, like on a train in India. <laughs> in those bathrooms. It's just The last place you want to go is there. And you don't know how long you're going to go when it starts, anyway. It's scary, and you're wearing whites or something. yeah. So, but here again, there's another body process called thinking, and you believe you're the thinker of it. It just blows my mind. I mean it's unbelievable arrogance to think that you're doing this subtle activity when you can are you digesting your own food? If you were you would have forgotten that burrito you had earlier like yesterday. You'd have to I'd have to have a giant to-do list every night. I got to go home. I got to digest. I'll see you. I forgot that burrito on Wednesday. Those chips, I forgot them. <laughs> yes. No. Things are happening involuntarily. Thinking is happening involuntarily. Yes? That's what the thought system does. It it, it's like a popcorn maker. Pop, it's it's cooked by the karmic conditioning, or your conditioning, or the belief system, or the thought system, and then they pop up, and you see them like a, I would see a bird fly by a window. You see a thought, but like a mind, yeah. The mind sees it. Yes, they're not. You are not the begetter of those thoughts. You're not the haver of the thoughts. You are the seeing of the thoughts. Yeah. But as soon as the seeing of the thoughts occurring, and that's conscious contact. Nothing is prior to conscious contact here. Conscious contact starts it all off. So consciousness is moving through us, and we're having, through five gates, and we're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and then we're seeing thoughts like, you know, like a bird, which is the sixth sense in Buddhism. So consciousness is in contact here. But what happens with the mental process? The mental process says, I'm the one who's conscious. I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's hearing. I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one who's thinking. So it claims something that it has nothing to do with. Yes? The the narration of you comes after the conscious contact. I would say what comes before you is more of you than what appears to be you. I would say consciousness is what we are. Yeah? So consciousness is in contact. The mental process rises and claims it and tries to put itself prior to consciousness and now consciousness is something you do. I'm really conscious this weekend because I went on a retreat. And then when I go to work, I'm unconscious again. Yes, It becomes like a verb or a quality that's based on you more than based on consciousness. Yeah? The freedom is when consciousness is based on consciousness, not on you. What happens when consciousness is based on you? It may be freedom, but it will be very temporary. And then that temporary moment of freedom you once had will be used to measure every moment you don't have it again. Yeah? The mind will drive itself crazy seeking that moment when it thought it was really conscious. Because it believes it's the one that was conscious. But if consciousness is seen as prior, then it's a state. It has nothing to do with you, and it's not... Under the laws of dualistic expression, it's not either or, it's not more conscious as less conscious, it's consciousness. It's a state that's always available at all times because it's not of time. And it's not regulated or based by you. You are not playing God with consciousness. And that's what selfing does, it plays God. If you want to use the term God, it's constantly playing God about God. When you're on a practice to know God, who's telling you how good you're doing? You. You yeah your head it's like that sadistic adults when they play the game with eggs and yards and they hide the egg and they have little kids running around going you're getting warmer you're getting warmer you're getting hot and then oh you're really cold you're never gonna find it (laughs) how could you find what you are it's like Raman Maharshi says to know God is to be God it's a beautiful way of saying it to know God is to be God for us to know God is to be the knower of God that's not it. To know God is to be God. For the conditional mind, to know God is to be the knower of God. That's not it. To know God is to be God. Yeah. To know God is to be God. This is what happens. The knowledge that most of us are entertaining is self-knowledge, and it avails us nothing. Yeah. It's knowledge claimed by self. And you can learn a lot about self, but it's not going to lead you to the freedom from self. You're going to be bonded to it, yes? But knowledge knowledge is more for me I like the Zen form of the highest mind which is I don't know yeah? so in the state of I don't know you're thrust in the position of finding out yeah? you don't know so there's an alertness to each moment because you don't know and there's a finding out and when you find out something it's much more convincing than knowing it Yeah, because I know when, I, when these messages like this message this message is truly about nothing, really. But what happens is, people, I can see them, they get a hit of it, but then they go home and think about it, and now it's made into something. And then it's compared to other somethings they've heard about, and it's been neutered. And yet they know it. They believe they know it, but in that knowing, they've neutered it. They've turned nothing into something. And all of us have been consumers of something for a long time, and it's all ended up to be mean nothing, hasn't it? Why not start with nothing? And let it alone. (laughs) This is what this message is. I'm not saying what you are, I'm saying what you're not. And that can easily be seen, because it's not you. You're never going to see what you are. What's seeing right now will never be seen. What's hearing will never be heard. What's feeling will never be felt. It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. It's the seeing of what I'm not, that's what I am. Yeah? So this invitation is, you may not be what you're taking yourself to be. And I'm not giving you an answer of what you are, because you'd make that thing that you're not, would make that something. Yeah. This is about, you may not be that. You may not be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And that can produce a pause. And it's, now not, it's not time to now look at what you are, because it's the seeing of what you not, you're not, that's what I am. Yeah? It's that seeing, it's that awareness that can never be experienced, to, can never be felt, tasted, or touched, but is seeing and feeling and tasting and touching everything. And there's no way you could ever get prior to it. It is the context. We are, as this, we are defined as content, and content is never going to transcend content and become context. It's recognizing you're not content. That's context. It's in the recognition of what I'm not, then what I am becomes dominant. Yes? And what I am is context, but not as a content. I see that I'm not the content, and then the emphasis is on context. And you'll know the tree by the fruit. You'll never know the tree, but you'll know it by the fruit. You'll see how it translates. You'll see how it expresses through you. For me, as a general term, I call it traveling lighter. It won't change the geography of your life. It may a little bit, but it will allow you to travel lighter through all the terrain of your life as this action figure. And what more do you really want? So it's like here, if someone put a hand on my shoulder tonight and it had been on there for the rest of my life, I wouldn't know it was there, would I? Because it was always there. Just like how many people did you hear at a cafe today complain about the effects of gravity? I didn't hear one conversation. Oh, my left shoulder, something's heavy on it. What's that? Oh, yeah, same with me. It's my right today. No, we're constantly, as a body, under the influence of this force called gravity, yet we have no experience of it. The only way we ever know it is by the absence of it, yeah? If you go into an anti-gravity field, then you know it by its absence, yes? This is the same, 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 same. You know... You know, when, if the hand was lifted, and I'll tell you, all the while the hand would be producing effects in my life, and my mind would know why they were so. It would have airtight stories of why I can't put a shoulder bag on this right side, or why my shirt sleeves are too short for this one. It would have a huge, giant story about it. They'd all be totally wrong, and they'd bring no relief except some kind of mental knowing. Like, oh, I know how screwed I am, but I'm still screwed. Somehow that's... I guess, I don't know. But if the hand was lifted, by its absence I would know it. Yeah. Then I would know, oh, that's why this arm seems longer than the other arm. That's why I can't wear a shoulder bag on this side. It would be very, very clear, like blue is blue and red is red, yes? As soon as this was lifted, I would know it by its absence. That's exactly what happens with this. If you entertain the possibility you may not be this long lasting independent separate entity, that might may really entertain that possibility. And you know what? It's going to come to pass to be true for you. And in the truth of it, you'll see the quote unquote problem. And the solution to it is that it's an imaginary problem, it was an appearance. Constantly being blown up like a doll all day by the self phone constantly, constantly, constantly having life always turn into this self-centered loop. Not life is happening, but to me, to me, to me. Something that real doesn't need validation of being real. It just is, yes? Something that's not real needs constant validation of being real because it isn't. yeah. So by describing what we're not, like I know, have you ever, anyone heard about non-duality? Non-duality is not a thing. There's no non-duality meetings. Non-duality is a negation. It says not to. It doesn't imply one. It doesn't point to one. It says not to. Yes? So there is no teaching of non-duality. You can't teach non-duality, but you can teach about duality. You can inform people of the binary system of mind that's causing these appearances to seem to be real, yes? You can teach quite a lot about duality, but you cannot teach non-duality. The teaching of duality leads you to one point. I'm not that. That's the basis or essence of non-duality. I'm not that. Yeah, It's not an affirmation. It's a negation of what seems to be so. And seem to be or seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you, Yeah. So it's a negation of what seems to be so because it ain't so. It's not an affirmation of what is because what is needs no affirmation because it's what is. Yeah? It's so beautiful. It's so, so beautiful that way because it's very difficult for conditional mind to make something out of truly nothing. <laughs> It can make something out of nothing when it's taken itself to be something, but when it's seen not to be that something and it's no thingness starts becoming dominant, what it sees is like in Zen its original face, which is no thing. So when it asks who am I, and there's no answer, that's the answer. <laughs> You're staring it right in the face, but you think it's gonna be a face. It's not a face. It's what's looking. It's not even what's looking, it's what's seeing. Looking is a bastardized version of seeing. Looking is a form of blindness, really. Most of us are saddled with a a form of looking called self-centeredness, yes? So we're looking at everything as a subject, and we're casting everything as an object. So to us, in this modality, the truth is something I'm (laughs) going to get. I'm going to know the truth, like I'm the subject to know the truth. (laughs) As as, As soon as... as soon as nothing is made into polarity somethings, you're lost in that. <laughs> I mean, and the mind—if <laughs> it takes one step, it's too many. You've <laughs> already—you're already addicted to time. As soon as there's a you. So it's going to be, take a whole lot of time to get out of you. Maybe you'll, feel, uh, you'll find a spiritual path that makes you feel really secure because there's going to be lifetimes of purification and lifetimes of practices to finally be released from the mortal coil. <laughs> the mind loves that. It feels security in time and space. As long as it's not ever presently now, that scares the shit out of it. Because <laughs> there's nothing to do with that, you yeah? know? Doing is irrelevant at that point. If doing is irrelevant, the doer is irrelevant. If the doer is irrelevant, that's the erosion of selfing. Whose life would it be anyway if you didn't didn't call yourself the doer of the actions? It would just be life. Your way of holding life would be totally different than when it's about you. We just use it, we did it last year, I use it a lot. You put a word here, money, and you put another word here, sex, and you put, let's say, health Yeah. Everyone, based on their condition or their seeming condition, would have meaning, they'd give meaning to things. Does anyone know about The Course in Miracles? Cause Course in Miracles has, uh, one, of the, one of the strong lessons for me is, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's just a perceptual axiom, that's what happens here, yeah? We're having a subjective experience, so you are giving everything the meaning it has. This is giving everything the meaning it has. You represents the meaning giver, but it isn't you that's doing it. It's just mine. Yeah. Mine's giving it the meaning everything has. So, money, sex, health. Okay, now weigh it. Yeah, sort of heavy, some of it maybe. Now I had the word my in front of it. My money. Weigh that. My sex. Oof. My health, unbelievable. yes. Isn't the weight different? By that one little word, my, it changes everything, doesn't it? My is the act of claiming and identification. This is the activity of the bondage of self. There was no point you ever bonded. It just appears to be bonding. Yeah, It's a constant verb, which needs time. Yeah. So when you have a feeling, let's say if you when you have that epiphany and that you have been inherently absent, because that's actually what you are, you are, this is an inherent absence. There isn't a person there. Let's say you were living that absence and then that thing arose. When it arose and it said, I had this epiphany, isn't there a feeling that you were the one before the epiphany started? There's a feeling that you were historically there before the epiphany and now you're there after the epiphany. Yes? So now bookended with this little fable of you, you to that event of now. The epiphany gets neutered because now it's bookended by you and you. Yeah? This is selfie. It can run over the greatest spiritual experience. It's like a minus speed bump to it. It will be totally disorganized and coagulate like that. And when it arises again, it will feel like it's you. <laughs> and there'll be a feeling that you have been here before and then that feeling gets projected, and you will be here later. <laughs> See it. See the thought system. How the thought system presents you. When you think about you in the future, how are you present it? As a body, yeah? When you think about you next week, you're pictured as a body in some situation, aren't you? And when you think about your past, you picture yourself as a body. That's how the thought system presents you. If you're relying on that thought system, you're going to take yourself to be a body. It's sort of like if you go into a barbershop enough times, you're going to get a haircut, yeah? So if, you're, if your attention and interest is on this presentation long enough in time, you're going to fall under the idea that I'm a body, yeah? yeah? And so what does the mental system do? It now takes that fixed object, which is a body, and places it somewhere else at some other time and thinks about it, doesn't it? It takes this body and says, uh, it's not enough to be here now. Fuck that. <laughs> I can't really present my... I can't become a self in this freaking moment. It's impossible. But I can sure look like I'm a self in the past and the future. So let me think about myself, the mind in the past, and so it needs you as an object to think about. Without how, Let's say you try to think about the space in this room. How are you going to do it justice? Oh, have I, I saw this space before in San Francisco about four weeks ago. Yes, it's a very unruly space. I didn't like what the space entails. It looks very familiar to me, yeah? No, you have a difficult time capturing it. But a body, you can picture you anytime, anywhere else, which we do, the mind does, yeah? This is what enables it to fixate and to obsess. It has an object it can place on this little track of time. And you know the track of time, there's only two gears, backwards and forwards. (laughs) You go into the past, into the future, into the past, into the future. You may look at the scenery of the now, but you can't pull in. You're constantly seeking. The engine's constantly on, being stoked with interest and attention. There's no. The train doesn't stop. Pull the emergency brakes. There's no. It doesn't break. It just. <coughs> this is this is the the mental life in time, and your interest and attention is filling each one of those cars behind that engine, because. Your interest and attention is like a homing pigeon. It's going back to whatever you believe to be you. If you're taking the self to be a body, your interest and attention is going to fuel, fuel that obsession. The same interest and attention, if freed from that, is what you would call abiding in peace. It's the same interest and attention. Exact same energy put into a different vehicle. If you put, if you put what you call the potential of faith that we all have, If you put it in a failed system, it's going to produce anxiety. The greatest devotees of conditional mind are the people that are worried sick. They believe in every thought about every possibility that hasn't happened. They have so much conviction in it, they're producing miracles every day. bigger than the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. At least he was alive. We're making something out of nothing. We're worrying about something that hasn't happened and producing an effect now. And then we love to be like a contagion, and affect others with it also, by calling them up and sharing, Hey, what else is not happening to you? I gotta really and then it's just like it's like breeding, it's like a fucking mental cold. We keep giving it up to everyone.
1: Yeah.
0: But it's actually coming from nothing. It's totally and what goes there? Only the thoughts. Yeah. But you're pictured there. Yeah. So the interest and attention, follow the thoughts. If it was somebody else, you wouldn't be interested. And attentive. It was just like if I, if there was a meeting going on in the other room, and I was interested in the woman in that other room. Let's say biblically, you know, I like the meter. I'm afraid I don't want to ask her because I'm afraid of rejection. So I'm trying to listen to see if she likes me or not. Of course, I'm. Not, I'm I believe she's going to talk about me. Some, you know, some. So I'm sitting here. <clears throat> my interest and attention is here. I'm supposed to be doing this talk, but I'm not really here. My interest tension is there. So someone says, hey, Paul, you know, you should be doing the talk. And I say, okay, I agree with you, but I can't seem to help myself. Then someone comes and throws a book on the table, How to Lose Interest in Conversations in Other Rooms. So I page through them, and I, I like the concepts, but they have no application, you know, because that means a lot. That baby means a lot to me, to my mind. But as soon as I hear it, she's talking about a guy named Matt, and my name's Paul, what happens? I lose interest, yeah? immediately I don 't have to take a workshop I don't have to read a book about why I should lose interest I just lose interest in that thing I don 't lose interest but in that thing where does the interest go find out find out for me I have found out and it's and it is what enriches my life because that interest and intention now has a curious uh, ...pulled towards no-thingness, yeah? Because it seemed to be not so that I'm this action figure... ...and so now it's found out what is so. And now while it's attending to everything going on... ...it's resting in its own freaking nature, which is no-thingness. Attention is not brought forth by you as a body. It's moving through, yeah? Interest isn't caused by you as a body. It's moving through. It's truly of a no-thing like nature... And so when it, it sees its own nature, in, in the movement, that's a sense of stillness. Instead of taking this as its nature and being wedded to the slavery of the bondage of self. If someone came over your house and complained about what was driving them crazy, you'd be bored in a minute. Yeah? Even if it was your spouse. You know? I'm so sick and tired of hearing the same old shit. But you've been hearing the same old shit for 30, 50 years up here. As the whole flavor is different when it's yours, when it's about you, you see? It's not the content, it's the, it's the relationship with the content, that it's my content. The my is the energy that binds you, not the thoughts, not the situations, not the circumstances. It's the meaning that is given to the thoughts, the emotions, and the circumstances. And the most incredible meaning is that I'm the thinker of the thoughts or they're about me. Yeah? That thought is already laid in place with every scene of every thought. The vague feeling of being the thinker of it is there, like un- below the camera, or that it's about you. Yeah? That's the bonding mechanism. Not the thoughts, it's the mind. And it's not like you've been tattooed, like a, a, an ink tattoo, and you're never going to rub it off. It's a constant application. It's like a henna tattoo. Completely able to be washed off, but you take it to be ink. It's constantly being applied, and you think this is so. Yes, but if you actually put a little attention or interest on it, if you asked us, let's say a subjective question or two, it would wash it off, and you would see it is a, it is an appearance in nature and can never not be other than that. It's sort of like in being in a in a in a dream. As a dreamt object, and in the dream there's a dreamt tiger, and it's scaring the bejesus out of you. Yeah? And you can read how many books you want, you're still going to be scared. Or you may think, oh, I've got an immunity to tigers, I bought this you know, totem or whatever, but you're still going to be anxious. But what happens if you wake up, and you realize it's a dreamt tiger? Are you afraid anymore? Did, was it a long process to, get, to wean yourself out of that fear of the tiger? Or is it immediate? Or is it a timeless solution? It's a dreamt tiger. The only way a dreamt tiger can have can provoke fear is if you're a dreamt object. I'm saying question it. See if you are or not. Yeah? Don't take anyone's word for it. Someone else's word isn't going to carry water for you. It's it's an unspoken yes in your own gut. Yeah. When you fall onto something, you'll know it. Because somehow for me, it's like an unspoken yet. It's a constant re-echoing of an aha. And it produces an immunity to disease, to I would say the original disease of mind, which is the mind's addiction to being a self. It's addicted to becoming a self. And because it can never be a self, the becoming will never end. It will go on and on and on and on and on. You're like an urban renewal project will never complete. Never. There will always be more additions and subtractions and other things. It's not going to end. The engine of seeking will be fueled, and your interest and attention will be wedded to every one of your little journeys you're going on, because you'll be very important. What's one to do? Absolutely nothing. I remember I read this transcription of a great talk on non doership, yeah? Four pages, beautiful, eloquent presentation of a very sublime idea. And it was a transcription. So the next after these four pages, the next paragraph was student, yeah? And the student asked the question and said, Man, I really get it, I really understand. Now what do I do? Yeah. It's just unbelievable, the system of thought. It's just, you can't, you could can throw a fucking crowbar and you know, just grind it up and <laughs> it's just, it's, it includes all that. It like morphs into everything. It's, you know? it's like, you ever see that movie uh, Matrix? The third one, it got worse and worse, but the third one where he meets the architect, you know, so represents, the, I guess, the mainframe of the computer that's producing the whole dream, yeah? And so, Nemo, he's supposed to be the savior, yeah? And I guess he's thinking he was pretty special, I guess. And then the architect breaks it down to him. Oh, you're the seventh savior. This is an aberration of the programming. We've included it. The program has morphed around the savior. You're absolutely no kind of uh, sense of, of, uh, of, of, uh, of urgency to us whatsoever. It's all part of, what? I thought I was the savior. I thought, it, nope. Self will never get out of self. No way. No way. You are never going to transcend the process that makes the idea of being a you. Because it's just making it. It can't be it. It can't create it. It just makes it. Yeah? It makes it. And it's your interest and attention that gives us it its panavision. That's what is truly the bondage. It's not the idea of being a self. It's the believing that you are a self. Yeah? Because interest and attention now goes to reinforce that all day. All day. Why is it that you don't have much interest in your digestion system? You don't have much interest in your bowel system, probably. You're not that interested in the urine, you know, when you urinate. You're not that interested in a lot of things. But this one process of body, the thinking, you're really fucking hugely interested in that. Yeah? It's really disproportionate, really, if you see it. Basically, everything else is getting very little attention. But that is like a porno theater. We're all up there watching Debbie do Dallas or Dallas do Paul. We're just totally consumed because it's about me. <laughs> I'm not saying change the movie or anything. I'm just saying question to me. Yeah, What you're thinking, you're locked into that chair. You may just immediately get up and walk out because yeah? it's not about you. If it's about you, even if you walk out, you'll be looking back. <laughs> I'm serious. You'll make a big story about what that chair was like and how long the bondage lasted, and you, the spotlight will be on you the whole way of getting out of you. <laughs> but if it's not you, you walk and you never look back. It's like leaving a bag at the airport and you never claim it. <laughs> you know, Just walk away. <laughs> But if there's that little sense of it's you, you'll look back. And that's all it takes. One little look, you get sucked up the ass of self again. And now you think you're free. they <laughs> are the most dangerous selves. Because <laughs> if I have to be free, you can't be. Because i got to be special, man. That's why the next time I come here, this should be raised about three feet. It's going to keep getting higher and higher, and you're going to get lower and lower, and then I'll have my little firewall, and then you'll never see me. <laughs> then you'll think I'm really special, I have something, and you'll probably come more often and spend more money. But then, if we meet and we're just all normal, it's like the Eye of Sauron again. I'm into movies tonight. The Lord of the Rings, you ever see that? No, that was a great trilogy. Well, the eye of Sauron, it's not in form anymore. It's just like this big eye that's looking over the realms, and it's looking for its precious, which is a ring of power. Yeah. Well, the conditional mind, when it's searching for things, it makes everything something. Nothing gets by. That's the beauty of this message. You're not getting anything. Yeah. This isn't going to help you in a lot of ways. You're not going to get an advantage of it. Yeah, by it. It's like when you first entertain this people use it in relationships like you do something and your girlfriend says, Paul, why did you do that? And you go, Well, there is no Paul, you know? <laughs> uh, there's no one who did anything. And it's the shut the fuck up, you know what I mean? You grow hopefully you grow out of that. But the mind's trying to use it for its advantage, yeah. After it fools around with it, there's really it's nothing and it puts it down. That's the value of it. It's very difficult to make it into something, yeah? It's so beautiful that way. And after a while the minds, all its little tentacles will get tired trying to feel it out, trying to make it as a, trying to prod it probe it, and will leave it be. And in that leaving it be, you are that. Yeah? You are the seeing. You are complete in and of itself. You're not in a process of becoming. You're not at any stage of becoming. You're completely whole as is right now. With no requirement necessary to meet it right now all the time wherever you seem to be it's a constant invitation constantly if you if you want to have an example of love what is that if a mind could be confused and act as if it's bonded to have the solution available every moment at every time right where you are i would say that's love yeah So, you want questions, yeah? It's a very small window of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> any questions? No. Don't think too much. <laughs> it's just an invitation, yeah. It's not a draft, it's not a conscription. It doesn't need any agreement. Yes. Not at that moment, but when it translates it can look like that after that. It can look like that for a time. Yeah. You may go through a little bit of a rough patch in a sense. Yeah. There's a grieving too, just like an addict grieves its own drug, the mind grieves its original drug, which is self. It grieves. Yeah? You can sense sometimes a sense of grieving is like a a boring type emptiness for a while. Yeah? there's no mining of relevance you're not accruing value anymore that chore of selfing which is constantly going on is like it's fired in a sense it's relieved of duty so there is something that there is a boomerang effect sometimes with mind but like I said to some people if you don't really act out or die you'll be fine If you don't die, if you die, you won't matter anyway. But, but sometimes it feels like you're gonna die, even like on a a physical level, it can get a little bit. uh, Because again, in expression, it's a dualistic movement. So, if there's a big burst of light, it's usually followed by a mental storm, of 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 some capacity. Yes, yeah, yeah. But again, it's like a movement. In, it's like the water itself is still in a sense, but the movement on the surface is low and high, yes? It's, currents are happening there. So while there's, that's going on, if it can be held that it's not going on to anyone, that seems to, you know, it'll pass. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know the problem by the solution, really. You really see. The basic uh, format of selfing, which is relevant, being special, right, accruing value, it's in the constant drive to become what it can never be. So it's, uh, it's, you know, it's really based with a, an, an impossible hope based on it's a certain unfulfillment of it. Yeah, yeah. also things dropping away? Yes. But you're not alone. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah the thing is, it, maybe it just takes a little time here to rearrange. Yes. So, course, yeah. don't uh, th- the designer isn't done with your new flat. <laughs> it's, he's got a plan for the layout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thing is, is when the attention interest, if it weds, if it weds the, the act of becoming, and then you get sucked into that little vortex of thinking, this is happening to you then it ups the, uh, the anxiety level, yeah, it's best to sort of see that as, see, it's just a movement of mind, and you can never get behind seeing and see that as a movement of mind, it's seeing, yeah, that's, if, if, if you go back, 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 there's no back, but if you go back, that's where it rests, yeah, and then whatever arises in front of it's not you, and there's a seeing of that, yeah. So it, it allows, let's say, a rocky ride to be less, much less rocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my own view of it. Anyway, others may have a different view, but I've had that thing happen a little bit. It was like a nine-month like gestation. It's almost like I was carrying up some baby. Yeah, it's,
1: it's
0: yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that. I'm just saying. No, you know.
1: I'm just saying, like. Yeah,
0: it's but it was, it was like months. weird because you see how much. The investment mind has in all this little selfing projects. It's sort of like if you found a, a giant corporation, you, sign, you find it's, it, the listing of all its holdings. Its holdings are vast. It's like this crazy <laughs> empire that's trying to control everything. You get, you get released into that library, and you see, yeah, that's how you know this problem by the solution. But all of it distills into, "I'm not that." All of it. All of it. No matter how authentic. You were making something seem, try to make it seem unreal, that made it so real, that's not real. See, it all distills into, I'm not that. Yeah. It may, you may get the Kodos distillation with one paper, or maybe you'll have to see a number of them, but they always distill into one salient point, I am not that. Yeah. That's the immunity. It's not, I am something, I am not. Because you are an activity and you'll only be seen as the scene. You will never be seen as the scene. You are never going to be nouned. again. The noun was made up. There's no noun to be found. That was all a mental construction to take all the verbing and stick nouns in it to make up a different story. There's no noun to be found. It's the scene of what I'm not is what I am. The scene. Yeah? Stand into submission. Good. Yeah. see well mind is always seeking expression yes it can't take form so it takes it, it produces an effect through a form so this is its interface and in a way like the shares that I do the downloads it's almost like jazz in a way yeah I always riff on the same theme it's like a never-ending album. <laughs> It's Paul does this again, you know, like for the 850th time. But for me, it's like a jazz musician in a sense because it's a possibility and the mind attempts to, uh, to meet an impossible challenge, how to describe something or how to get something across. Yeah, so that in a sense is sort of art. So I think there's always a drive to express mind. It's the idea of you being the expressor that it gets a little bit, it can get distorted, yes? It's the claiming of it. If there's something that moves me, it moves us, yeah? But when it's me that's been moved, it's a story, yes? And that's what happens. And if the story arises, it's going to be more important than the art. If the story doesn't arise, the art's more important, yes? The emphasis is on the expression, not the expressor. The real emphasis is on the expressor, but it ain't you. Yeah? That's how I see it. And that keeps it clean, in my view. Yeah? The only way I could do these talks is that I'm not doing these talks. If I, did these, if I was doing these talks, there'd be many, many nights I have reasons not to do the talk. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you know? The only reason why I show up is because I don't show up. Literally. That's the only way this happens. And I'm very clear on that. Yeah, and so I see the claiming, but uh, it doesn't produce a claimer. (laughs) So you think you're attached to something. You're not attached to something. It's the feeling of the you. That's the attachment. We're looking at, I'm attached to some object, and if I give up that object, I'll be free. The attachment is to being the, uh, the possessor, not the possessions. The attachment is this way, not this way. Yeah, it may, be help to, it may be able to make an, an expressive statement to give up things. Let's say here, but to give up the giver-upper in a way, like Ramana once said, "Stop worrying about your possessions. Give up the possessor." Yeah, the possessor is the attachment in a sense of mine to being a noun. It's not to these nouns; it's to being the noun you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's simple. It really is. What's if you if you describe the experience right now, we'd all have the same description. I'm seeing you. Yeah? In my case it's you, yeah? In your case, I'm a you. Yeah? Yeah? Wouldn't it be? So the eye is the one experiencer here. The eye. Let's say that's awareness or consciousness or whatever. That's what's facilitating. The eyes are just a, a functionary, right? They facilitate seeing. They're not seeing. If you saw an eye, a perfect eye in a dead body, if you took it out and put it in a light body, you would see again. It's not going to see out of the dead body. There must be something present for that eye to see, to facilitate the seeing, yes? So, every one of us, eye is seeing. Let's say eye represents spirit. Yeah? And so, same awareness is seeing out of all these different camera locations. And in each, each based on the location, you are you to me. You, 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 yes? And I don't care how many people i get in this room, they'd still be you. From one to eight billion, it would be you. Now, if, and if I asked them who I was, they would have the same answer I have about them. They would say you. Yeah. So after eight billion people tell me the truth, that I is seeing you, I would say, no, no, contraire. This you is me. <laughs> and there's only one me in this whole world. I'm the only me there is. Yeah? (laughs) This is self-centeredness. The truth is I is seeing you. All the yous are interchangeable, yes? But the I isn't. The I is just I, yeah? But this you, the mental process, asks itself a question, well, who is this I? And it came up with an answer. It ain't I, it's me. (laughs) And the me... The only thing this is the, is an identified you, isn't it? It's a you're, the experience is this is a you to that I to the I there, yeah. But to this to this I I call it me. See, my I has become identified as a body, and now instead of realizing I, it realizes it's me. This is the center of self-centeredness. Yeah. The solution is the I. And that's what seeing, the form of looking, we're calling the seeing, which, which is self this is me. So instead of sensing the eye, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, I have a mental take that it's me seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yeah? So I put myself in the position of the eye. I become the Alpha and Omega. I become the center of the universe. I. And if I'm the center of the universe, I'm not centered everywhere in the universe. I'm centered in one location. At one time. It's like the center of the universe has gotten sucked into this one little location, and now all the attention and interest is revolving around this little planet Paul, and it's driving the apparatus fucking crazy. (laughs) But it can't stop thinking about itself, because why? It's me! <laughs> if we would realize, no, it's just a U, the orbit would break, and then it would start revolving around I, which is not centered in any location or any time. It's everywhere. Your interest and attention would, feel, would fill the parameters of infinity, in a way. You would sense the presence. Instead of this false presence that has to be huffed and puffed and blown up all day. And it has tons of leaks. Yeah. You'd sense it. And that sense would have a definitive impact on your mental landscape. It would. It has that potential. You could call it the truth. You know, I could go home and wonder, for eight hours, was my pants too short tonight? my mind could go and entertain the most inane thing for hour after hour I remember when I was a kid I was 11 years old I was walking through the hallway one day and a girl said hello to me and I went home and wondered what she meant by it for 5 hours does she like me? doesn't she like me? what the fuck does it mean? and and I took every position that self-centered offered with not many. and I went over every possibility for hour after hour can you imagine if that mind that could entertain that could be turned to entertain its own nature? What could possibly come to pass? Yeah. Find out. Yeah. You'll be surprised. That's the beauty of it. You'll be returned to wonder and awe. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. You'll be turned to seeing alertness as the base of light. Not I know. have revelations that will become thoroughly convincing you will not have to keep surrendering you'll enter surrendered what you would call an experience that could possibly happen but usually very infrequently will become a state that you travel as yes there I have total faith in mine total faith in it all I believe it needs is an entertainment. And if that's not enough repetition of the, of the invitation here, yeah, I know it can entertain, because it's doing an incredible amount of entertaining right now. But let's give it something to entertain. Like maybe I'm not that, <laughs> that I'm constantly entertaining. I am. Maybe. Maybe. There is an opposite position I can take. Yeah, you may not be that. Let's see what happens then. <laughs> and you may be happy with the uh, results. You'll travel later. Yeah. Sounds so easy.
1: <laughs> I hope it does
0: because it is easy, but not to you. To you is what makes it really difficult. If you could just leave it, it is easy. It's the easiest thing that ever happens because it's constantly happening. It doesn't have to be forced to don't have to go to any special occasion. There's no special time. It's not only on full moon nights. It's not on this puja day. It's always available at all times, right where you are, no matter what mental conditions you feel you are. Context overrides content. Always, yes? Context, I would say, is the be of content. Content wouldn't appear to be appearing without context, yes? I would say we've got our, our loyalty on the wrong pony, so to speak. We're putting all our attention on being a thing and we're lacking the sense of nothingness. And that's what I believe we're truly dying for. Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. You really are looking for what's looking. And I would say that's seeing. Yeah? Beautiful statement. What's looking is what you are looking for. So every moment there's looking, which is always going to be in the self, thing. there's what's looking. It's disguised by the looking, but it's what's looking. It doesn't say who's looking, does it? It says what's looking.
1: I know that, but I still don't know it. Yeah. So, where do you
0: go from there? You'll find out.
1: <laughs>
0: there's no, there's no well-worn path, you know. It's just like whatever location you are is like water seeks its own level. You'll see what happens. Yeah. For me, I entertained the possibility by hearing it sort of like in a setting like this. And uh, you know, some unspoken yeses occurred and I just entertained it. And then the mind, uh, the emphasis of interest and attention was moved over to one side and never went back, yeah? Let's say to no-thingness, so to speak. And from that, everything gets to be clear. You know about things from no-thingness. You can't know about things as a thing, really. You've got too much invested in being a thing to know things. Because things are definitely not real. Yeah. But from no-thingness, the information comes cleanly, and uh, the mind, maybe a little wavery, gets convinced. Yes? So it truly lies down in what's reliable. And in a sense, it never gets up after that. Yeah? Yes, it's a pretty, yeah, it can be, yeah, it's a very, very, uh, long-term relief. Yeah. So, to me, it's just uh, introducing the possibility like a catalyst. It's sort of like if a car broke down and you stopped and then, uh, if you knew a little bit about cars, maybe you'd take the air filter off and, get a little bit of gas and put a couple of drops in the carburetor with the person starting the car. Yeah, The key's there, the ignition of you know, the pedal's there. It just needs a little catalyst here, yeah? a couple of drops of gas, and then the car turns over and it has the ability to drive. It had the ability to drive, but it wasn't driving because it wasn't entertaining the possibility of driving, let's say. So we drop a couple of drops of gas, like a message or an invitation. Now the car turns on. Now it drives. Now if you kept pouring the gas in, you'd flood the car. Yeah? It would die. So this is, to me, the invitation and the message is a catalyst. It's not a dissertation. It's not 500 pages of scripture. It's a very simple message like, hey, come at nine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or, hey, we're having potluck. If you can't bring anything, come anyway. Yeah, these are very. They're not, you don't get a fifty-page message usually. You know, it's just like, yeah, come at seven or don't. Yeah. So, this is to me a catalyst, and what it's attempting to sort of incite is the mind's ability to entertain. Now, I found in my own little trip that I couldn't entertain this while I was identified as a self. Yeah, I couldn't entertain freedom from what I was being as. yeah. So when I entertained, when this message pointed out the possibility, you may not be that, Paul, my mind got on that entertainment, hey, if I'm not that, I can be free of it. That's the first thing that dawned on it, which had never dawned on it in time when it was identified as it. It was wanting to be free as it a lot, which was causing an incredible amount of mental and emotional suffering. I was trying to become free as a self, but it was failed to begin with. But when I entertained, hey, I might not be that, then that same desire to be free, locked in a a more appropriate manner, was, I can be free from that. Aha! That worked. Yeah? That worked. It didn't work to be free as it. That created a very strong version of bondage to self, like being a spiritual seeker. You know? Jeez. I went to this one talk in North Carolina... And I got sick, and I had to tell him, I think I'm allergic to spiritual seeking now. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. It was just like, Ugh. It's a subtle form of suffering that's really intense. But in this case, I'm not that, yeah? So if they're seeking, it doesn't imply a seeker anymore. It's just seeking, yeah? <laughs> There's no seeker. See, when that, that, that calibration of mind, taking a verb to be a noun... You know, or happening to a noun, that, that little spring got sprung and now it's just verbing. So, it's not like life isn't happening to me, it's just happening. Yeah? There's no point where anything springs up <laughs> that I can see. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on and on and on. I don't think there's a divine creator or anything like that. It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> the mind can't, doesn't like that. It wants to have a noun in there up okay this is happening to me Woo. okay now I can get busy. Now I know it's happening to me but when it's happening what do I do with it <laughs> Jeez it's so beautiful really. It's such a beautiful thing because it's drenched in timelessness the solution I love it. I've had a lot of solutions in time that aren't worth the name solution. They just beget more problems, but this solution has a has a finality to it, which I really really like. To me, it was the last answer. When this was received, I haven't come up with any new answers since. It's been a while now, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's sort of nice. Yeah. So, Paul, what yeah. would you say? I see this. To me, that's the idea of forgetting has to do with somewhat of a you there. For me, yeah. So I don't believe it's impossible. I don't believe there's any way it can be forgotten because it's all there is. That's all. I've gotten somehow things have become absolutes for me. Maybe they're not, but in me they're absolutes. So I can't like the thing of getting into the moment. I can't, I, I absolutely do not have any sense that you could be out of the moment. There's just absolutely none there. And then the idea of being, getting out of self, I have absolutely no sense that I'm in self. Yeah? So there's no need to get out of it. So the mental movement of forgetting and then remembering, I see that, but I don't take myself to be the one that's forgetting and remembering. So that's like, even in the forgetting, there's a remembering. Yes? Because the absolute constancy of this it's constantly in remembrance of itself, in a way. yeah. But the mental movement can be remembering and forgetting. But I'm not that which moves. I'm what sees moving. yeah. So in, in that sense, there's always a flavor of mind wanting to identify with a movement as the mover. It's sort of like... Uh, the selfing is like a bobbing ball on water. yeah. So the currents and the tides are coming in and out, and the ball's moving... And so you're following, oh, I forgot, and then I remembered, and then I forgot to remember, and then all this happens, yeah? And you've seen to, it seems to be real to you, big time. But all the while, there is an, a non, a never stopping, never ceasing scene. I would say we're that, yeah? And if it's not true for you now, entertain the possibility, and it may show itself to be true. And whatever moment it shows itself to be true, that's the now. It was never then before that, and there's never going to be anything after that. It's now. Yeah. No one gets off the bus earlier or later than anyone else. There's nothing about getting it or losing it. There's just seeing. Yeah. That's grace. That's grace. Yeah. Well, I'd say grace is indiscriminate. It's available. Yeah. Doesn't discriminate about use because there ain't any, so it's always available. Open up, see, it's the mind. Entertain possibilities, yeah. Give the mind something to really chew on, not the same old, same old. What's going to happen to me? What? What else should I be worrying about? Where's my IRA going? Whatever. Maybe give it like a possibility. Hey, I'm not that. And then let it out in the pasture of the possibility of what you actually may be. You'll never come to know it, but you may live as it, yeah? It's like, a, become like a free-range mind, in a way. Free it from this little coop of self-importance. Let it roam. But yeah. it feeds on some nice grass and everything. It may get really, really juicy, yeah? And it'll never be put to use, either. It'll never be cooked. You'll just be free-range and yeah, see, mind is amazing. Yeah. Just, this is just a possibility. If the mind entertains it, it may become a, a, a truth to it, yes? And when it does, it's going to seek to express that truth, and it's going to use this apparatus as its vehicle to express. Yeah. And you'll know it by its fruits. You'll see what happens.
1: You said earlier, wants to do something. For
0: yeah. gratification. Well, it's trying to fulfill something that can't be fulfilled. So everything else, all other desires come to the desire to be. Like in in Buddhism, they talk about suffering. Desire is the cause of suffering. But I look at it as the desire to become. I think that's the initial desire. So mind has a desire to become a self, which it can never fulfill. It can't create being a self, because it's something other than that. Yeah. It can appear to be one, it can take itself to be one, but it can't be one. So it's never going to be fulfilled, and as a reaction to that, it's trying to fill that unfulfillment by other desires, yes? With this ignorant view of things. That's my take on it. So I would look at that, that movement, and if if it's not about you, your interest and attention will be free from it, and it will go on, and it will be heard, but it will not be listened to. There'll be a different uh, way it goes about, and it usually diminishes. The thought system is very archaic, and it actually it starts. Uh, first of all, the amount of thoughts decreases, and everything else, yes, because it's not being relied on anymore. It's been pu- it's, it's been put in a different place. Yeah, it's not you anymore. It's not referring to you anymore. The you.